All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Turin Giants podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. My name is Farhad, and we have a very special guest. Actually, two very special guests. You guys haven't heard my <laughs> podcast brother in a while, Giovanni. Uh, welcome back, my friend. Hey, man, it's good to be back. Really happy to be on today. That's awesome, man. That, so, so it takes a world-famous journalist to get you out of bed on a, on a Turin Giants podcast again. That's that how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was definitely an incentive, you know, so hey, for sure, I can't but it's been a busy couple of months. I pretty much started a new job once Chicago went into a shelter in place due to the pandemic. And, oh, mm-hmm. I think it took, you know, it's it's been since the pandemic since, you know, we've, we've been on a podcast together, so. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, I can't blame you because today's guest is very special. Today's guest uh, definitely uh, generated most the most interest on Twitter when we announced this awesome end. Uh, but without further ado, Romeo Agresti, welcome, my friend. Thanks, mate. But the real guest is Giovanni. I'm oh, a- well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, f- ten seconds on the podcast, so you know who's the real man. I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I, I know you're busy. I hope I hope you're I hope you're ready because you know, like I said, like I mentioned, the the questions were pouring in. And um, I hope, you know, we don't really don't just discuss Juventus today. There's a lot of fans that you have uh, outside of Juventus. And hopefully we'll be able to ask some questions around, you know, the European football as well. Uh, Before we start, guys, let's take care of some business. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, um, or download all those apps. Uh, Ways to contact us at Juve Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Turin Giants on Instagram and Juve Podcast also on Instagram and just, you know, Google for more information. Uh, we're not going to waste a lot of time on that. Also, I wanted to mention our our new partnership with 3 Retro Football. Um, obviously, they provide authorized jerseys from past years, um, um, you know, any club you can imagine, but we're obviously... Um, interested in the Juventus gear and uh, I looked up their website and they have the jerseys from 1952, 1977, 1984 has two, the yellow one and the striped one and there's a um, 1993 kit which I associate with Roberto Baggio. I've never got to see him play that much but um, when you see that jersey you associate that with him. So give our friends at 3 Retro Football a follow please and um this is amazing, actually. I, I had no idea. I'm on their website right now, and I this fanboy heaven. They have the old 84 Ariston jersey. I remember that from my dad's posters. So, yeah, this is definitely amazing. Yeah, it's I've got myself a yellow one, and the quality and, the, you know, everything is great. So without further ado, um, first question has to be from Maurizio. I reached out to Maurizio. He... Uh, he wanted to send in a question for Romeo, uh, Romeo as well. He's um, he's a- he's asking you. Um, first of all, welcome. I'm so sorry I didn't even let you speak. How are you today? I'm very good, guys. I'm ready to live my crazy night with aperitivo. But before, it's such an honor to talk with you about uh, the old lady. Oh, that sounds good. Well, we're not going to keep you for too long. Um, so Maurizio from around Turin, he's asking you. If you were, if you will be going to Ibiza this year, I don't know what that inside <laughs> joke is. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Um, of course, it's really difficult to answer the question right now. 
I hope so. But uh, you know, guys, uh, now we have uh, two, three months uh, about the matches, so I don't have time. I think that uh, we stay in Turin and we'll cover Juventus. So uh, very, very difficult that uh, this summer I will be with my friends in Ibiza. Yeah, this is a, probably like a very different summer for a lot of players too, because you know due to the pandemic, everything is shifted. And so what's usually going to be, you know, a time for rest and for transfer market rumors, now we're in the thick of it. So, which is kind of cool, to be quite honest. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's very different also uh, about uh, transfer window things uh, to understand uh, how will be this, uh, this market. Uh, but now, to be honest, personally, I'm just focused on the pitch because uh, yeah. Juventus can win everything. So... Now I'm excited for that. Of course, it will be a different football, but uh, I think that uh, everybody needs to be focused just on the pitch. Then uh, we'll understand uh, how the market will be. I see, I see. Well, um, there's, like I mentioned, there's a lot of questions from listeners and you guys are awesome for um, for sending your questions. Uh, but we have a couple ourselves. So um, <laughs> I'm just going to start out with Kadira because to a lot of people, Kadira is a, is a mystery. Many people love him personally, but but most of the people don't understand um, the importance of Kedira and why he keeps getting the extensions and why uh, he's still an important part of the team. Can you explain that to us? Guys, about, about Kedira, it's always difficult to answer because, you know, he played with Jose Mourinho, he played with Love, he played with Allegri, he's playing with uh, Maurizio Sarri, so... For these coaches, he's always um, a key player. Uh, I think that he renewed his contract with Juventus because um, two years ago, he had the opportunity to sign for Arsenal because mm-hmm. uh, Una Hemery wanted him. And then uh, Juventus, to keep him, uh, they needed to renew his contract. So just for this reason, he's staying in Turin. Then he has a, a one-year contract and it's... It's difficult that he will leave uh, during the summer because, uh, of course, uh, I think yesterday he said that he wants to stay. So uh, I agree with you because uh, now Kedira is not uh, at the top anymore. But for the coaches, he's always a precious player, a key player. And maybe I think that he's a, a very important player in the dressing room. Uh, so you you've per- you personally must have spoken to him. What's, what's his... Um... What's his reaction to all the, you know, unwarranted hate that he gets from from fans online and, um, you know, the the unpleasantness that people write to him? What's what's his reaction to that? So, guys, uh, I I think that, uh, for example, when we talk about Kedira, uh, we talk about an uh, experienced player. Uh, You can't do what you want you do. Uh, during the market, because if you renew a contract, you must respect this uh, this agree- agreement. So, yeah. uh, I f- I think that Kedira uh, he will risk to stay until uh, uh, when uh, his contract will expire. Wow! So so switch gears, but still stay on topic, right? So while so while we know that. Kadira has been a key player across all of the very different types of coaches he's had, and he's always had success. Why do you feel that there's so much vitriol against him from, you know, from from most fans? 
because just being on the podcast, I know Farhad, you and I have had debates over Kadira's importance versus his, you know, maybe physical stamina or like, you know, just his physical status. But I'm just interested to know, Romeo, your opinion on why he still gets so much flack. Because uh, he doesn't play. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. he's always injured. Because uh, he played 14 uh, matches in the last season. And uh, he has uh, this particular relationship uh, with his injuries. But uh, I think that uh, they are right, the supporter, because now it's time to replace him Mm -hmm. but um, as I said it's difficult to sell him because you renew his contract so now you must respect uh, this agreement and then he's in the right position to say I want to stay I want to stay here in Turin so uh, this is is wrong by the club not by the player in my personal opinion all right that's a that's a very good opinion yeah um Another question I wanted to ask, and this is sort of for fun. This is kind of to to remember good times because uh, in our lifetime, certainly in, in, the, in the last 20 years, there hasn't been as much interest towards the transfer as it was towards um, Ronaldo. So just take us back to those, to those days um, around the World Cup. Uh, how soon did you know? What was the, what was the mood around the club when, when this thing became a reality? So, guys, uh, about Ronaldo, uh, I think that uh, I didn't believe in this rumor, to be honest. Because oh, yeah? That means <laughs> You're one of us. Be- I didn't write anything about that, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> when I spoke um, uh, with a, a source that told me that Juventus were uh, in signing a Ronaldo, I told him, you are crazy. That's impossible. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the best player in the world. Then, uh, but uh, Juventus have, uh, have bought in the real life Ronaldo and understand immediately how Juventus is improving in terms of uh, brand and in terms of uh, quality of, uh, of the squad. So, now, two last season ago, you bought Ronaldo in the last season, the league. That means that Juventus are improving a lot. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, I think now that Juventus are one of the best team in the world, really, not just uh, on newspaper. Yeah, that's it. So, so when the news was announced, you're you were just like any other fan. You were, you probably knew before us, but your your excitement level was must have been insane, right? <laughs> yeah, insane, insane uh-huh. at all. Because uh, it was impossible to understand uh, why Ronaldo chose uh, joining Juventus. Uh, it was impossible to understand why uh, Real Madrid decided to sell him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are talking about the best player with Leo Messi in the world. So his price was really, really high. Uh, but uh, but uh, I repeat, that means that Juventus have improved a lot. And now they are a really, really, really top team. All right. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Joanne. Sorry. Just, yeah, I just wanted to jump in just because I, I, like, I 100% agree with Romeo's statement with regards to Juve finally getting that clout that we as fans of, of the old lady for years knew 
always that Juventus was one of the top teams in the world. But with the signing of Ronaldo, that really validates it, not just from from the pitch standpoint, but also from a branding and marketing standpoint. We were just seeing the revenues just skyrocket and improve year over year. And you also have that that additional shine to your brand that then allows you to attract talent like the Ligt and then get interest from other um, younger top talents, right? So with, with that being said, Romeo, where do you see that trajectory evolving for Juventus as a club, but also as a as 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 a as a brand? I think as a brand. Yeah, I think now that Juventus are ready to do everything, especially in the market, because when you buy Cristiano Ronaldo, that means that you can buy everyone. And uh, but uh, I'm just focusing on on what Juventus mean in terms of brand. So Juventus uh, every season uh, are ready to fight to win the Champions League. Juventus uh, have won uh, eight titles uh, in Italy in a row. Juventus uh, as a top president uh, like uh, like uh, Ragnelli is. So, mm-hmm. all elements uh, that mean that Juventus are super top club uh, and they are doing uh, the things right. All right. Um, okay. okay, Romero, I have a quick question. This question comes from Reddit, uh, from Cats555. Uh, he wants to know a little bit more about you. Uh, what made you become a correspondent for Juve? And what, most importantly, what made you become such a such a reliable source uh, for the news? Because uh, to me, if I see you attached to a transfer, that means it's happening. That means it's time to celebrate. Um, <laughs> obviously, don't don't give away your secrets. But um, first of all, the first part of the question is how how you became such a reliable source, and the second one is I actually really interested in this. Um, who are the couple of correspondents? Who are the couple of journalists that you would recommend staying away from? If you, if you don't mind, if you, you know, if it's your, you know, professional obligation, don't worry about answering. But we would love to know uh, who's more, more reliable and who's less reliable. Very good question, guys. So I think that the king of the market in the world is Gian, uh, Gianluca Di Manzio. Yep. He changed the way uh, to to share the info about the market. I think that is a, is a fantastic, like mm-hmm. person, like a pro- top professional journalist. Uh, I have to admit also that my dear friend Fabrizio Romano is doing unbelievable work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I respect, I respect a lot him. We work together at uh, onthegoal.com. And mm-hmm. about myself, guys, I don't know if I'm a real boy or not. I just try to do my best every day. I like to talk about the market. I like to cover in the right, in the right way. You went to staff. If people are nice with me, that means that they're working in the right way. Uh, I made mistakes, of course, but uh, I try to what do can, my what best. Kind of, what, what, what have you reported that didn't go that didn't go correctly? And maybe you can clear clear the air. Julian Draxler. Uh, do, do you remember when he was joining Juventus from Schalke 04? Yeah, I, yes. I wrote, don't deal, Draxler joins Juve. Uh, and the day after, he, he signed for Fosburg. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, it, it, but, that, this, but that's this, our job, guys. 
Absolutely. This this will give you a chance to kind of redeem yourself and 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 uh, just that I guess that, I mean, that's I how know. things I, work. I feel in yeah. hindsight the mistake was Draxler not joining Juventus, and he's probably the one that's regretting it. <laughs> but guys, believe me, I I had the opportunity to speak w with the people that they were um, involved in this deal, and uh, it was impossible to to write something wrong. I was I was sure one hundred percent about uh, the rumor. About no, of the course. Info. I mean, th th but, things go wrong last second. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know, guys. I I think that uh, simple Wolfsburg uh, have offered so much money than you respect the uh, Juventus. Yeah. So for this reason, but uh, he had an agreement with you. Where it was really really close. I wrote a done deal, but uh, that mm -hmm. was not a done deal. That's okay. We'll, we'll forgive you for this one. So, uh, next question is from, uh, Forza Juventus, uh, at Forza Juve EN on Twitter. You guys all know the, the news Twitter account. Shout outs to him for doing an amazing job. He's asking, uh, what are the all concrete midfield targets for Juve ahead of the summer Mercato? What do you, what do you think? Guys, believe me, it's too early. Too early because, too early. Uh, Mm, we were talking about, for example, a potential swap between Pjanic and Arthur, but Arthur doesn't want to leave Barcelona. Mm -hmm. uh, we are talking these days, in this month, about a potential interest on signing uh, Tonali, but now Inter are in, in the real proposition. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to understand uh, what Juventus will do with uh, Barcelona, in my personal opinion. Because... Uh, if uh, they will push on on trying to convince Arthur, of course Juventus uh, will not do everything on Tonali. Tonali will sign for Inter, but we need two three weeks to understand the real strategy. Okay, so so so. so okay, let, let me let me just ask a follow-up. Oh, okay, go ahead, Giovanni. Sorry. Yeah. No, so this was a follow. -up follow-up question on, on kind of what you just um, stated, uh, Romeo. So my first, I guess the first part of the question is why are we at a point now where Pjanic, who was supposed to be the center Saris game at Juventus, is now, you know, uh, on a trading block for Arthur, um, you know, with Barcelona. And, and knowing that, you know, I guess Juventus' strategy is to move on from Pjanic. What is your opinion, just as, as you know, as, as a professional, you know, in, in the sport, like between Tonali and Arthur, who do you think might be better, not for Juventus, just not just on the field, but also, you know, keeping in mind that Tonali is a young Italian talent and Juventus is trying to still... Um, have a influence over over the majority of the block of players that go to the Nazionale. So, about uh, Pjanic, uh, I think that after four seasons in, uh, in Turin, maybe for Juventus it's time to do a plus valenza. I don't know the, the word in English. Uh, Profit. Yeah, right. To do this thing <laughs> with Pjanic, because... Uh, uh, maybe Juventus will change uh, a lot in terms of the next uh, midfielder. Maybe Rodrigo Bentancur will start to play uh, in front of the defense, like he did uh, mm -hmm. 
very well against Inter, for example. So now, if you had the opportunity to get 15 million euros, for example, of Pjanic, it's time. It's time because he's not uh, anymore a young player. So mm-hmm. there's a big chance for Juventus and maybe for him to sign his uh, last big contract of his career. Uh, the, about uh, about Tonali, I love him because I think that he will become a super top player. Uh, no doubt about that. I had the opportunity to follow him when he played at the young sector of Brescia. Uh, but now it's difficult to understand uh, in which position he can play at Juventus, because as Mezzala, maybe you will have uh, uh, Ramsey in front of the defense, uh, Bentancur. So, I think that he wants to play. Maybe if he will leave Brescia, is to do another step to play at high level, but maybe he has uh, more chances to play uh, at Inter. Yeah. All right. That's definitely so, understandable. So- yeah, there's there's a ton of questions that we received um, regarding the midfield. So I'm sorry, guys, if I don't ask ask them all separately. I'll just kind of uh, we'll just talk about people here and there. So Il Principino, he's asking on Twitter. He's asking uh, out of Matuidi, Kedira, and Bernardeschi, which which one of these players? And actually, uh, Douglas Costa was in a, a different question. So Matuidi, Kedira. Uh, Bernardeschi and DC, which one is most likely to leave this summer? So, who wrote this message? Il Principino Marchisio, my dear <laughs> <laughs> Hey, by the way, I'm trying to I'm tr- I'm trying to get Marchisio on the podcast. So, if you have a good time today, just just put in a good word for me. We'll try to do that. We'll try to do that, mate. Fantastic. Uh, so, about uh, this question, uh, mm-hmm. I think that uh, Bernardeschi will leave. No doubt, because uh, Juventus have uh, tried to change him uh, in a in a swap deal uh, yeah, with Barcelona in the last summer with uh, Ivan Rakitic, and then mm-hmm. in this December, Juventus have tried to sell Bernardeschi to Milan to SA Milan. So that means that he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, about Matuidi, he renewed his contract uh, three months ago, so. He will stay. He will stay oh. for maybe his last season at Juve. His agent is Mino Raiola. <laughs> Everybody knows how important Mino Raiola in this business. Yeah. Maybe. And the, the last name, mate? I forgot the. the, uh, the Douglas the... Costa. Ah, Douglas Costa. Juventus yes. are available to evaluate some offer, some bid for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you think that's the right decision with the, with the injuries? Yeah, it is, this, is the same topic uh, that we explained uh, with uh, with Kedira. He's always injured. Yeah. He doesn't play so much matches. And in the modern football, you can't play just uh, 10 matches per season. It's impossible, guys. Uh, I understand perfectly Juventus uh, uh, on, this, on this line. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I can tell you that uh, Bayern Monaco, Bayern München, have tried to sign him in January on loan. Mm-hmm. But uh, Juventus kept him because, um, you know, maybe now he can yeah. be really important, uh, especially <laughs> if you want to try to to get free trophies in this season. So uh, yeah. after that, but I think there, there will be a huge chance that he will live. 
Um, another question comes from our dear friend of the podcast, Iskander from uh, from Singapore. Shout-outs to him. He's a, he's a great guy, a diehard UF fan. He's asking, and keep in mind, we haven't we haven't said the P word yet. We, we haven't asked the, the P player yet. So this, this, will, so, this will sort of uh, bring, it, bring it to light. Um, he's asking, who is the player that Juventus really concretely wants to make the main priority this transfer uh, mercato? <laughs> Very difficult question again, guys. <laughs> uh, what have you heard? Fair, Any, I, anything? I, uh, no, I, uh, I think that Juventus will buy a top player on midfield and maybe a new, a new number nine mm -hmm. in, uh, in attack. So I don't know Makes the sense. names, but these are the roles. Yeah, from the strategy of, of renewing the team, I, I think that's what makes the most sense because last year, with the investment in Delict, who I, man, like, like from a sports standpoint, I'm, I'm in love with it. He was so great to watch last year in the Champions League in spite of him literally sinking Juventus by himself. Um, and, you know, the investment that was done with that and, and the Very, very, very good scouting and, and choice of picking up Demiral. We, we have a good line of continuation on defense. In, in goal, Chesney is doing great, right? And he's doing it with too much glamour. But he's, to me, he's been one of the top goalkeepers in Europe for the past three to four years. And midfield and, 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 and some renewed blood at number nine is definitely what in my opinion, is the best strategy to organically improve Juventus. Yes, Giovanni, but, but the next transfer window will be very, very uh, difficult because mm -hmm. it's not easy to find yes. the right profiles the right profiles to improve the level of the squad because uh, this damn coronavirus will impact it on the strategy, of course. And uh, yes. then you will evaluate the situation of Rugani, Alexandro, Bernardeschi, Kedira, Rabio, Higuain. So you can sell potentially seven, eight players. And you need to replace seven, eight players. I think that there will be yes. problems, guys. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Okay, so since, since you're being, you know, diplomatic, I'm just going to go ahead and ask, how close is Pogba? <laughs> Uh, to, to joining you. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I need to take my chances. I'm a professional journalist now. Since since I have you on a podcast, this is a legit legit podcast. This is the, que this is the question of the, the, the question. The questions, that's right. So, guys, Pogba, I don't think that he's a dream. He's a, an objective. He's a target. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, Man, Man United are one of the richest uh, club in the world. So, they want... Uh, 80, 90 million euros. Uh, that's difficult. That's difficult because uh, you can try to sign Pogba just if Man United will buy a player from you. Like, for example, Pjanic, Douglas Costa, Bernardeschi. I think that, uh, according, according to my sources, that uh, Pogba would like to come back in Turin because he knows very well, well the club. He knows very well the city. He knows what means to play for Juventus. He knows the languages. So I think that he wants to come back. But it's not easy, guys. It's not easy to open a What's the difficult part May about United. it? The, the, the players that could be involved in this deal. 
Uh, is there anyone in particular that Man United uh, expressed interest in? Maybe Rabiot. I know that uh, Man United like Rabiot, but uh, not uh, at the 7 million euro net per season. And not, not with his mother attached, I guess. I don't know, mate, but uh, <laughs> I think that Juventus will try seriously for Pogba, believe me. Juventus okay. will try, especially, no, if, if, yeah. especially if Arthur will stay at Barcelona. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Pogba is signing, and, and Farhad, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. To me, not only is it would it be a, a really good signing on the pitch, but again, we, 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 like, I always arch back to like the brand growth, and you know, in, in order to compete with the top clubs, especially the Premier League clubs, uh, a team like Juventus that's stuck within the parameters of, 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 to me, what's kind of a little bit of an antiquated market like the Serie A. You're having Pogba, especially with one year of Ronaldo and this crazy ascension of Ala this past year would be, I mean, a trifecta of players. It's kind of like having like uh, the big three and like the NBA and like and like an NBA team. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. But, but I think that Giovanni, that if you have uh, the opportunity to bring back uh, Pogba in Turin, you must do that because uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's uh, I think that you must do that, uh, especially uh, looking at the quality level of this actually uh, midfield. So you went to need a player yeah. like Pogba. So let me ask yeah, you a question. No, about, uh, so mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, 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 go, back, go, go, go ahead. Back. No, 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 go. You go. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I know you, you had mentioned Rabiot as, as the latest rumor, and I actually saw it on today's Gazzetta, and it was one of my questions for you. And, and I can only arch back to kind of talking about Juventus on the pitch, right? So Rabiot was one of those free transfer signings that came with a hefty um, salary, so, you know, yeah. $7 million, you know. Yeah. Why is having such a hard time, uh, you know, fitting in the gameplay and just, just you know, up to the what his talent potential is like? Guys, uh, when I speak about Rabiot, I don't say, for example, in which position he could try to become a top player at Juventus. I don't know because. Uh, he can play as Mezzala, but he has not the right technique to play at high level. He can't play behind the strikers. Uh, in Lyon, his attitude was really poor. He played a very bad game with the like players, yes. okay, but um, he played especially a very bad game. Uh, he earns 7 million euros net per season. Uh, he had the problem with Juventus during this um, lock lockdown when he was uh, in France. Uh, I think that the Juventus should sell him immediately. He's a, a very uh, overrated player. But uh, it's not <laughs> easy to find the right solution because he earns 7 million euros. Yeah. Wow. But uh, <laughs> I don't like him at all, guys. I don't like it, him at all. He was a very poor sign by Juventus. Mm, interesting. All right. Well, I guess a lot of a lot of people agree I, with that. I, I'm an hater. I'm an hater. I'm an hater. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. That, we're, we're, we're haters too. Well, Welcome. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but then, like, with that being said, right? I, I know we have 
just based on the very aggressive schedule that was delineated um, for the Serie A and the Coppa Italia and, and, and obviously the Champions League, right? Between the third week in June and the third week of August, in those, in those two months, Juventus is playing pretty much almost a game every three to five days. How yeah. do you... Do you be, do you see Rabiot at least being useful in in that chase for the for 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 the three for the three potential championships that we can earn this year? Not Giovanni, because I think that Matuidi will play all matches. Who played against him? Well, Rabiot or, or Matuidi? <laughs> Matuidi. And 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 here's the thing: like I I understand like Matuidi as a player, he's not. He's, he's, he's what we call un, un operaio. He's like he's not he's not very fancy, but he does his work day in and day out. And now with two months to rest his legs and his lungs, for the next two months, to me, once he comes into the field, he's not coming out. He's not. So. But now for Rabiot and maybe also for Pjanic, it's really difficult to be in the right way in terms of mentality because you heard potential move about yourself so yeah. uh, it's difficult to stay focused on what you have to do on the pitch with Juventus maybe if you have to leave the club in the next month and uh, but Rabiot you know his story is uh, is particularly with the national team with the Paris Saint-Germain mm-hmm. now with Juventus I think that Juventus uh, made a, a big mistake and now it's time to sell him all right. Well, I guess I guess a, a a reply to you on Instagram is coming from from Rabiot. You're you're gonna get a nice uh, live IG response to that, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, so so we asked you about your failures reporting, and you know it was nothing personal. I was just really interested. So we'll, we're gonna give you a chance to redeem yourself. Andar is asking you which transfer that you actually broke before anybody else. Oh, yeah, that's a very good question again. Uh, Andrea I have Pirlo. nothing but good questions here. Oh, Andrea Pirlo. Andrea Pirlo, because I was uh, 22, I had this info by a source by Milan, that he, this guy worked at uh, AC Milan. He called me, he told me, Romeo, look that Andrea Pirlo is an ex-free agent and will sign for Juventus. I replied, wow. don't be stupid, because uh, Juventus have mm-hmm. a Gigi Del Neri. Juventus have uh, Rinaldo yeah. and Traoré. It's impossible that Pirlo will choose Juventus <laughs> and not Chelsea, for example, or Real Madrid. Uh, no, believe me, believe me, Pirlo will sign for Juventus. Mm. I wrote that and uh, that's it, guys. That's sorry. That's, that's fantastic. That, 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 to me, was the best signing uh, to bring back Juve to where it were. That's, that's where it started. Conte and, um, and Pirlo. Um, so we're going to ask a couple of quick questions here. Uh, you don't have to go into too much detail. So, uh, oh my God, really? I'm I'm on Reddit. I'm on Juve Reddit, and this guy has a has a username Backdoor Adventure sixty nine. I'm sorry, I just had to read that out loud. So, <laughs> so, so, so he's a fantastic username, by the way. So he's asking uh, Luca Pellegrini, will he be definitely returning to Juve next season? I'm not sure about that because I think that uh, uh, Maurizio Sarri will decide. Uh, we have to understand what will happen with uh, Alexandro. Uh, there is 
a, sh- a chance that he will stay with Juventus, Juventus after his own loan uh, at Cagliari, but uh, that's not uh, definitely sure at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Giovanni, you had a couple questions yourself. Um, no, I mean, I feel like we kind of took, you know, we kind of covered a few of them, especially, you know, transfer market. We kind of want to switch gears and, and really focus on truly what's important and what's right in front of our faces, which is, um, you know, competition for events. We're um, in, the, in the challenge for uh, three potential trophies this year. And it's in if for the first time in, in a long time, it's very, very, very close. Simone Inzaghi is doing a great job with very limited resources and a challenging president at Lazio. And Antonio Conte is Antonio Conte. So how, what, what, do you, what do you feel is the most crucial aspect that Juventus needs to get right in order for them to have the best possible chance to, to, to succeed? in trying to win this year, uh, whether it's the Serie A, the Champions League, or even the Coppa Italia? Look, Giovanni, I think that uh, about the Serie A, Juventus are the clear favorite because Juventus have two, two rosters. <laughs> so uh, they beat uh, Inter, they show that they are able to kill this uh, championship and they will do that. I'm sure about that because Juventus uh, can achieve this trophy uh, without problem. About the Copitalia, the same topic. Juventus are the clear favorite because now they they have to do their job against Milan. But uh, I see Milan will come in Turin without Ibra, Teo Hernandez, Casillejo. They have a lot of problems with uh, with the club. They have a lot of, a lot of problems in terms in terms of tactical aspect. So the Copitalia, Juventus, I think are are ready in the final. About the Champions League, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody I knows. Know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Maybe that could be the year of Juventus. But imagine... Maybe, so does it take a pandemic for us to finally win in spite of like all the times going back? <laughs> I'll take finally. any kind of win. Guys, now it's impossible to understand what will happen in the Champions League. Of course, Juventus have to beat uh, Lyon. And that's not easy because they played. I was there. A very bad game. Yes. Parkoel. It was impossible to to say something about this match because Juventus are even better than Lyon. But Lyon played with the right attitude, with the right spirit. They played like a team. Juventus with Maurizio Sarri are not a team so far. Mm-hmm. So that that's actually the question that I wanted to ask you. Um, you led me to Sari because we we cannot not mention Sari. Um, what what's the mood around the the club since the first year or the current year, I should say? We haven't really seen that 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 beautiful football of Sari only in, in in spots here and there. Are they working on providing him with the players that he will need to show us the beautiful game and hopefully speed up the game a little bit? Guys, when I was in Parma this season, in the first official game by, by Sarri with Juventus, mm-hmm. uh, I looked the lineup, I saw the lineup, and uh, there were Matuidi, Kedira, and Pjanic. 
the semi fielder that they play with uh, Max Allegri. It's, impo- it's, it's impossible to evaluate <laughs> Sarri with these uh, with these players. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible it's to, to be fair. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think that Juventus must uh, must do uh, a market. Think about the skills of Maurizio Sarri. Uh, maybe will Juventus will not play uh, like his Napoli, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, they 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 must do that to evaluate uh, this coach. It's imp- yeah. it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. All right. Well, what are the at least that's my last question. And thank you so much for your time. This I'm I'm like so excited. You have no idea. Uh, hopefully, we will make it a tradition of you coming on the, the Turin Giants podcast. So my last question, and Giovanni will probably have one more. Um, a lot of people are asking about Icardi. Obviously, a couple of hours ago, you broke the news that PSG is concretely interested. So that was kind of my backup for number nine. I, I, w- I would love to see him. Uh, you know, the drama that he brings with his wife and everything. But the guy delivers. And unfortunately, it looks like we've missed out on him. What do you think a concrete target is as a number nine? So, mate, uh, I'm in love with Icardi. So... I yeah. have still hopes to to see him at Juventus, but uh, as you told, as you said, uh, now if uh, Paris Saint Germain will sell Icardi to another Italian club, uh, then uh, they must pay Inter an extra 15 million euro. So mm. I think that uh, he, he could stay uh, at at Paris Saint Germain. Mm. About uh, the new number nine, first of all, you must find a solution with Gonzalo Higuain. Again, guys, he earns like uh, Rabiot seven million per season. He has mm-hmm. a one year, one year, con- one year contact with Juve, so uh, it's not easy to find a solution with him. Maybe we Juventus will try to understand if Milik from Napoli will be a, a much, a more much than idea because now it's a simple idea. But uh, it's too early. It's too early, guys. We too need early. to do another po- another podcast in the coming month. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. How about tomorrow? You're free tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. I will train my English. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you. You were talking about your English. I was kind of afraid, but look at you. You're, you're 43 minutes in and you haven't made one mistake. So you're, you're doing fantastic. Uh, will, you, will you tell Delic that I love him? Yeah. <laughs> I will do that. I will do that. I will do I love him too. I love him too. <laughs> you, you have no idea when when the saga was going on. I was just I was like, please just let let us get this young Dutch talent because because I just I just I just want to see and I and I bought his jersey right away as soon as he as soon so as he signed is, because that's is the is the league your favorite player? Uh, out of the new signings. That's my guy. Yes, uh, Demiral and and Delict. I'm completely. Oh man, Demiral, the new Demiral. Demiral. T- tell us, some, tell us some stories. Unbelievable, <laughs> guys! Guys, Demiral is a very, very top player. I think that he's 21, but he plays like Paulo Montero. He has everything to become a key player uh, for many, many years at Juventus. That's fantastic. As much as Rabiot was the mistake of last transfer season, Demiral was the steal of last transfer season because he played half a season in Italy as a swallow and he was already in the pockets of Juventus. 
But the guys, no, yeah, 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 Giovanni, I agree with you. But um, I had the opportunity uh, one year ago to talk about uh, the Miral with a scout from uh, from Sassuolo. and uh, he told me, look, the Miral is perfect for Juventus because his mind, his skills, his character, his attitude, is a top player. And he told me that uh, he will become the Miral, the strongest defender of Juventus. I think that the strongest defender of Juventus will be delict, but the Miral is uh, at the same level. I, awesome. I think, and to, and to add to that, I, what, what I envision, just, be, just seeing the two differences between the players, they are very, very compatible. If Juventus is smart, and, and whenever I have, I, I, I know that a player is linked to Mino Raiola, I always have anxiety, just in general. I have, I have just a doubt uh, regarding uh, yeah. to, if, if they can play together, the league and the Miral. Because well, if you think about it, like, because like we, we haven't really seen them together this season, but the way I look at it is just given the just uh, again the, to do different the two different approaches to defending that each of them take. It's that um, it's kind of what we see a little bit between Bonucci and Kimi, right? So. Yeah. While De Ligt has very, very incredible physical skills, he's more of a technique slash finesse defender, right? And that's why we saw a lot of, like, missteps to me in the beginning of, of him starting at Juventus when Chiellini was injured. But Demiral is just a force of nature on the field. He's <laughs> dominant, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he gets in your head psychologically as a, as, a, as a striker, which is what a scary defender should do. He should. He needs to throw you off your game. Now, so. now he's fit to play in this period. So I know, which is great. So, so have, what have you heard about his uh, about his uh, return? Is he getting back into shape right now? I think that he will be ready in a month. In a month, mm -hmm. uh, oh, maybe he should go on the bench uh, in the in those first matches, but. Uh, in one month, he will be fit to play. No doubt about that. Of course, he will not play uh, in the Champions League because he's not on the list. But mm -hmm. uh, it was impossible to pronosticate that. Yeah. And uh, but he's ready. He's ready, guys. And uh, he's very, very positive because he's a very strong guy. Fantastic. Well, last question will be: um, We haven't talked enough about Ronaldo. Do you have any personal? stories or something something to bring the fans a little closer to Ronaldo if you've you know spoken to him personally is there anything you can tell us about about the legend he's a legend and I didn't have the opportunity to speak with him never uh, to be mm -hmm. fair because um, he doesn't like to speak well after he hears you on Turin, Turin Giants podcast he's gonna say you're you know you're allowed <laughs> <laughs> for Ronaldo Turin, uh, yeah uh, but the guys, is, I, I spoke to to member of Juventus staff in, the, in that time, and I can say Ronaldo is very humble. He's an humble player. He's always ready to to help his teammates, to help the club. He wants to win this Champions League with Juventus. He won five Champions League between Man United and Real Madrid, but he wants to win his six. Champions with Juve. He is for that and he's sure that he will achieve this goal. 
I hope so. Well, Romeo, thank you so much for, for appearing on our podcast. If Juventus and when Juventus wins the Champions League this year, you and I and Giovanni are going to Ibiza. How about that? Uh, <laughs> it would be weird to be in a pizza with uh, the, with a tankini and a mask, uh, and a mask. Whatever. We will celebrate. I hope to do, to go in Ibiza. Also, if you went to, so we play in the semi-final. But <laughs> let's Sounds see what happens, guys. And thanks Sounds for your invite. It was a lovely time. Sorry for my bad English, but no, you're, you're no. fantastic. Thank you so much, man. Hey, hey, hey. As I told you, I started learning English watching Breaking Bad, but I will be <laughs> even better in the coming podcast. And now I'm glad to be part of Touring Giants family. Thank you. Oh, you're, you're the best. Thank you, brother. Have a good day. Yeah. You too, guys. Forza Juve. <laughs>